it's time to pile on with Action Sports Jack's Brent Martineau and Dan Hicken. Today's sports podcast is brought to you locally by Jenkins Hyundai of Jacksonville. Welcome to the family. Hey everybody, welcome to the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast. Brent Martineau and Stuart Weber, a vacationing Dan Hicken and Marcel Robinson out of the office this week. Oh, what a great time to be alive for the both of us. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, it's a lot quieter. Quiet? Well, that's because of Dan, not because of Marcel. True. And the Mets stink anyway, so we're not really getting much Dan reaction these days anyway. They do. I'm actually going to a Mets game at the end of the month. All right, you're going to go up there. Who are they playing? Uh, the Braves. Oh, so I can see my team take on the Mets. Good, good. Good and, ballpark. Very good ballpark. Dan doesn't know this, and if he listens to this, he might figure it out. But, he won't. Uh, it's a giveaway night. They're giving away 1969 Mets jerseys, like a really? like a jersey giveaway. Uh, so he Get will, there early. He Well, everyone gets one, apparently. Huh. So he will be getting one if uh, if that is the case. Give it to Brooks. Yeah. That's good. I'd I like rather, it. I'd rather give it to Brooks. Uh, Hicken uh, at Fenway Park was singing a little Sweet Caroline over the weekend. I liked it. Uh, we will not be singing, but let's talk some sports. Uh, mandatory minicamp for the Jacksville Jaguars this week uh, as we get into that, and then we say see you later for the summer to the Jags, and then it's football season. They'll be back for training camp, and they'll be here. The question is, Yannick Ngakwe uh, came to OTAs, maybe somewhat surprisingly, uh, in a contract year. Uh, obviously wants a big contract, is due a big contract, has earned probably a big contract, but now it's a matter of timing and when does this thing get done? Will it get done? I would say yes, but he comes to OTAs and says, hey, I want to be here. When asked, why are you here? I want to be a leader, uh, work on the camaraderie. I love playing the game. A couple days later, he's gone, doesn't come back. Now he's not coming to mandatory minicamp, uh, according to a statement he released, and he'll get fined to the tune of $88,000, I think it is, uh, and and I don't really have a problem with this week. I don't have a problem with what Yannick Ngakwe is doing. If he wants to take the fine, so be it. But now I do wonder how long will he hold out, and does this go into late July and August, and when you know what I would call the real football starts to begin? The first day they put on pads for me is the real day that they start to play football. Uh, once they put the pads on, I would like everybody to be there. It's kind of my yeah. my personal feeling on it. Uh, but no, you, you have to completely understand what Yannick is doing. I'm I'm guessing what happened was there was some sort of like signals cross between he and the agent with that first appearance at OTAs uh, where he came out. He did that press conference. Uh, maybe he didn't get coached up by his agent beforehand to say, don't say this, don't say that. We need leverage. And then afterwards it was like, hey, we need this leverage if we want to make this contract happen. And so he you know, did those first three practices and then he left and continues to work on his own, which is fine during the voluntary stage. And and look, he, he deserves a new contract. I think most everybody agrees on that. And he's not a first round pick playing out his rookie contract. He's a third round pick. He is not making a lot of money compared to what he is doing on the field. And if you're talking about the risk of a nine figure NFL contract, because that's what's possibly in line is nine yeah, close figures. Close to it at the very least. A hundred million dollars is an estimate. It's you know a number someone of you know lesser ability got in this offseason. Frank Clark, you have to be very conscious of that and say, hey, I can't get hurt. I can't let myself not get this payday that I deserve. Yeah, think about it like this, too. Uh, Ngakwe is a third-round pick. They don't have the fifth-year option to pick up, but he also doesn't make – like Jalen Ramsey's going to make $7.5 million this year on his rookie contract. You know, those those deals are worth about $25, $27 million if he gets 
picked up in the first round, especially in the top 10. Well, that's not the case in the third round. This is a $4 million deal over four years, essentially. So far, he's made $2 million. I know we're talking about a lot of money, folks, but relatively speaking, that's not a lot of money. And he's basically for the production that he's had. His production's been unbelievable. His production has been that of a top five pick in the draft. So, again, he's earned the contract. What I think we got to be a little careful of around here is when it gets done, how much has been talked about. I think you just mentioned the agent versus kind of Ngakwe and how they feel about it. To me, this was them not being on the same page and Ngakwe saying, hey, I want to go, man. I want to play. I want to beat this what I want to do. Then all of us, those, whatever the uh, agent was trying to preach, he won out and said, this is not smart. And then Ngakwe listened, and, and I think – I'm just guessing, but that's the way it went, and now he hasn't shown up. Because I don't think he would have said what he said if he didn't intend on being there for the three weeks and mandatory minicamp and everything else. So I have no problem with anything that's going on in terms of him missing and if he wants to be fine. I do think either the fan base or people that are in Ngakwe's camp have to be a little bit patient on this deal. I think it is going to get done. I think the Jaguars have handled their business in the rightful way, for the most part, with players. I can't remember them burning a player. In fact, they've been probably too willing to give contracts and big money to a player, and that's put him in a precarious position with the mistake on Blake Bortles, the Telvin Smith contract right now. They have some things to work out because they've already given players a lot of money and it hasn't always worked out. Well, the the big mistake that I've seen in the past few years is Allen Robinson and letting him go. And the injury, I think, certainly plays a large yeah. part in that, getting hurt in that last year. And do you need an example of why you shouldn't be doing these voluntary things or these minicamp practices? You look at Allen Robinson, I know it was during the game, but you consider how much money he lost out on because he got hurt. And it's not like an avoidable thing because it was in a game, but that just shows you the, the razor's edge that these players are on between getting a one-year contract for however much versus getting a five-year mega-dollar deal, which, you know, you got to think if Allen Robinson was healthy that year, contributed a big part to that team making it to the AFC Championship game, then he's going to get paid and everyone's going to be happy. Oh, here's the fascinating part about that. You bring up Allen Robinson. That year, that was the first week of the season, two weeks earlier, over Labor Day, there was a deal that I'm not sure was in place, but there were some significant negotiations going on. And I think at that time, Allen Robinson wasn't comfortable with what the Jaguars were offering, was thinking, hey, I need a little bit more. So let's say he stays healthy and stays productive. I think they would have worked something out to the tune of $12, $13 million a year for Allen Robinson. Well, that didn't happen, so then the Jaguars' offer changed over time. By the end of the year, Chicago throws a lot of money at him as he ends up in free agency. But my point is, around Labor Day was when that deal was about to get done, or at least was on the verge of going somewhere. The timing. And, and so I think that's when this whole thing will go down again. So the Allen Robinson case is a is a very good situation to bring up. One, because it was happening around that time frame. See, what I think it happens around Labor Day is because the month of August, now you've proven that you stay healthy. You don't want to give money to a guy that's injured. And you also have done your roster moves. So you know, hey, maybe I'm going to cut a big salary that frees up more money. Or maybe we need to add 2 or $3 million in salary because we're lean at the defensive tackle position. Who knows? And, and if they go after a veteran guy, it might cost some money. So, uh, And you wait to see what other teams drop and from wide receivers to anywhere else. So that's why I keep saying Labor Day is about that time. Rosters are done, and now you can move on and start thinking ahead. And uh, there are two times where I think – kind of around a season where deals get done. One around Labor Day 
and one around Christmas time because that's at the end of the year and you've now proven you just did it again. And so now it's time to pay you and reward you. So I think those are the two time frames for the Jags. That's not good enough right now for Yannick Ngakwe and really a lot of fans. A lot of fans want him to pay right now. I do not a think— A lot of his teammates want him to get absolute, paid right Jalen now, included. I do not think this deal is going to get done before training camp. That is my opinion, but I don't think it's getting done. Yeah, and Before camp. I do think sure. it will get done. Yes. But I'm just saying the timing of it, not before camp. And you mentioned that timing of either that Labor Day or end of the season— and that middle of the season, you don't want to do anything too because you might make a trade. Look at Marcel Darius. You bring True. him in. That's a huge chunk of contract and affects your your numbers and how much leeway you have. So that's why you make those deals later in the year. Well, one other thing and to bring up. You mentioned Marcel Darius. When they brought Marcel Darius on for like $16 million, they could do it because they had all the flexibility in the world. They do not have that flexibility. I think we have to wrap our arms around that part of it. Is This franchise for a lot of years now has had a ton of money to play with. That's not the case last year or this year, and especially since they're eating the Blake Bortles dead money. And we have no idea what they're doing with the $10 million they might owe or might not owe Telvin Smith. It's just a financial thing, and people want it to move faster than it, than it uh, is going to happen, and I just don't see it happen until they figure out some of those things. But they do have to pay Yannick Ngakwe. The guy's been fantastic. He's out-earned his contract by tons, and he will get paid, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of money. Keep in mind, they still have to pay Miles Jack, most likely, and next year they're going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but the organization a lot. <laughs> does have flexibility. They have fifth-year option with Jalen Ramsey. They have franchise tag capability with Yannick Ngakwe. So they don't have to do anything. I think good business says they will do something with those guys and not put them on the franchise tag or the fifth-year option um, and stick them to that. Uh, They already picked up the fifth-year option for Jalen Ramsey, but I think they'll get something worked out uh, long-term. All right, so that's it uh, for the uh, Jaguars football. Big week this week, and then uh, everybody goes on summer vacation. How about Florida State baseball? You're a Gator. Give me, uh, with Mike Martin's situation, Florida State, what they're doing. Uh, Gators don't root for the Knowles. I understand it, but I think there's a sense of the orange and blue family and everybody across college baseball in the baseball world has to feel a little good about what's going on uh, in Tallahassee with Florida State and Mike Martin. And I've seen quite a bit of it on social media, just folks who are not Florida State supporters saying, how cool would it be? How cool would it be if Mike Martin goes out a winner in his final season, his 40th season leading FSU? By the way, the win the other night, uh, made it 40 wins in all 40 seasons, Incredible. which is just amazing in a sport that craves consistency, and that's so key for him to have done that. And, and shoot, 40 is a low. That's a low number, obviously, because he's hit 50, he's hit 60, he's had these amazing seasons, uh, but the one thing he hasn't done is win in Omaha, and for him to go out as a champion, that'd be cool. That'd be a really cool story. Uh I don't want Florida State to win a championship uh, just because you'd have to hear it from all the Florida State people like they, when they won softball and when they won soccer. And, you know, because I'm an all-sport all sport guy. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I like to support yeah, all they've sports. been successful. They have, years. and they've done really well, and, and hopefully that lifts lifts the rivalry in, in every sport. Uh, so it's like part of you inside is like, ah, I don't want to see a win another one. But uh, the, the neutral observer says Mike Martin deserves it. I mean, considering the work he has done, how many – uh, young minds he has shaped and, and, and people he's put into this world as successful human beings. I mean, he certainly deserves it, and we will see. It's really hard to win the College World Series. Very hard. Uh, as Mike Martin can certainly tell you in, in all those previous attempts, not getting, getting that, that victory, that championship. So we shall see. 
it, it is amazing this year how they were one of the last four teams into the tournament and still going. Yeah, I mean, they're no different. I know they're Florida State, but they're no – I mean, they're actually – Coastal Carolina, who won a few years back, and, and it seems like Cinderella. Well, actually, Florida State this year is more of a Cinderella to get to Omaha than Coastal Carolina was that year. Uh, but it is a crapshoot. We've seen Florida. They've gone about five years in a row before this year. Yep. They won the national title. But we've also seen them have probably the best team in the country and maybe even a better team than when they won the whole thing go 0-2 in a barbecue. So it's a it's a crazy tournament. I don't feel like Florida State is good enough to win it all. But if they can swing the bats like they did in Georgia in the Athens Regional, They've got a chance, and and they've just they're riding a little bit of a a magic carpet ride right now since Aladdin's out. I throw a magic carpet ride out there, but um, but you know momentum's a big thing. The problem is with this deal is you got to keep that momentum for like twelve days. It's a long tournament, and really you have to keep it for about a month. It means you have to play good baseball for a month. What they did two weeks ago in Athens, what they did just this last weekend in Baton Rouge, it would be a cool story, but I would not bet that Florida State wins it. Vandy, Louisville, Mississippi State, they're way better on paper. They'll certainly be the longer odd if, if you're looking at Vegas as far as who, who is going to be the one to, to win that championship. Uh, but like you said, I mean, the bats got going in Athens, and then in Baton Rouge, the clutch gene showed up. Yeah. You know, being able to win it when you absolutely needed to at the end of a game. So... Those are two very nice things to take with you to Omaha, and we'll see. You never, you never know. And, and, and it's not just college baseball when we're talking about that. I mean, it's like that in the MLB, too. The best team doesn't always win. Uh, it's whoever's hot, whoever's got the good pitchers, whoever gets it going at the right time. Welcome to sports. Yeah, that's right. right? Um, all right, so here's the deal. We get, start getting peppered with these questions last night. Hey, you guys going to Omaha to cover Florida State? And uh, so now we can talk about the business here on the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast. Absolutely. This, and, and there was some feedback like, I can't believe if it was the Gators, you'd be going. Well, first of all, we go everywhere. We go most everywhere. On the road a lot. I would say more than most. Uh, not only here in Jacksonville, but probably across the country. And with CBS 47 and Fox 30. We never went to Omaha with the Florida Gators. We weren't going to Omaha. We might have gone to a regional, and that was because the Super Regionals probably had Florida and Florida State in it, and they were playing against each other. But I don't even think we went to a lot of those because baseball is so unpredictable. Weather-wise, length of game-wise, when they start the game, it doesn't fit the TV schedule. And Omaha in itself is like a 12-day tournament if they were to win it. And it's one of those deals, it's kind of like high school state championship stuff with no disrespect to anybody. But when you lose in high school – the story is abruptly over and few people care anymore other than the kids and their parents. But on a grand scheme of thing, if people have rallied around a certain storyline, once you lose, it's over. UNF basketball a few years ago. You lose, okay, it ends quickly. And baseball's just like it. If they go 0-2, the story's over. I right. mean, it's over. So, And then the other flip side is if they keep winning, you've got to stay out there for 12 days. It, it really is something that's hard to cover. Um, I would be shocked if anybody from Jacksonville goes – 20 years ago, I think they did go to these kind of things, but it wasn't the Jaguars, really more like 30 years ago. Um, times have changed, people. Nobody's going to Omaha from Jacksonville to cover. A team that, by the way, gets covered in Tallahassee That's I was about to say. by their own people, the Tallahassee Democrat and the CBS station in, Dal in Tallahassee. I mean, they have their own market to cover them. 
Exactly. It's the same thing with the Gators in Gainesville. When they went to Omaha, the, the TV stations in Gainesville would go to Omaha. Absolutely. It's the and biggest not thing. even always then because it's such a small market, Gainesville is from a, a TV size perspective. Another big part about it is that these big-time events that we're talking about, you're not even able to shoot anything. Yeah, yeah. Every single thing, now that the way technology is, you're able to get everything from here on a computer. Every press conference, every highlight, every game, every you know practice day video is being put out by these specific teams. These teams are shooting this stuff and putting it onto their website uh, for media to use. So it's the business and the industry has certainly changed and so have the media rights to where now everything is everywhere and you don't have to be there to get this stuff back in the day the only way you were getting a press conference is if you were there in that room with your camera rolling on it because there wasn't a camera in there but now there's a camera in everything and it makes it significantly easier for us to cover that stuff from here in jacksonville instead of having someone go all the way out there just to show their face and be like here we are in Omaha. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we'd trust, love to go. Trust me. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You and I would both love to be there, and uh, obviously, you have been there from a fan perspective, and people might have seen that because that was the year the Gators were there. Yeah, the Gators were there. They went zero and two that year, we and might, so I did something from I was gonna there. Say, we might have uh, we might have done a little TV trick and and been like, here we are reporting at this thing when you just happened to be there yeah. covering well, that I, event. I actually got credentials for sure. that, but I didn't cover it like right. we would cover it. I was already out there because the family was there. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's I just think it's hard for people to understand that. And, and listen, football, basketball. Then baseball. And even in basketball, and I try to tell people this, the NCAA tournament, the only reason we cover the early rounds for Florida and Florida State is because we have to go to the Final Four. You have to go to the other rounds. So you you have to credential yourself. That's the only reason we even do that, or we probably wouldn't go until they get to the Final Four. And that would also depend probably where it's at. Most times the Final Four is in a reasonable distance. People just, we, we don't want to admit this, but the masses don't care as much. Correct. As football, that's the bottom line. Uh, football, you went out to the Rose Bowl, right? When back, Florida back to State back years, yeah, yeah. When they won the national championship and when they were in the Final Four, why? Well, because you can sell shows and you can sell sponsorship for football. Probably not doing it in the middle of the summer in June in baseball. That's just the reality. And one other thing about the colleges: the colleges have become the hardest thing to cover. Um, no disrespect to them; it's reality. Whether they've made it this way or maybe our industry has made it this way. Uh, and there's arguments on both sides. But if we go cover Mike Martin in Florida State, it's not like they're going to let us follow along on the bus ride. If we go cover a high school state championship, heck, we can take the bus with the team. You know, it's different kind of access. And you just ACC Network now, SEC Network, ESPN, they can get all that access. A local affiliate's not going to get that access. So what are you going out there to get is kind of the point you were making. And that's it's actually an interesting the thing when people ask me why I like working in Jacksonville and what is it about this market that really appeals to me so much, it's that we have a pro team in Jacksonville that we are closer to and able to get more stuff out of than any college team in the big Power Five conferences. Absolutely. And, and that is remarkable uh, because you talk to media members from other places, it's not like that everywhere. No. A lot of the big cities, you don't have that cooperation and that understanding and that wanting to get good stuff out there. And part of it's because the Jaguars are the only show in town when it comes to a major, you know, Power Five conference team or a pro team. They're the only one. 
Uh, obviously, we love covering UNF, JU, all the other professional sports teams in town. But the Jaguars are on a completely different level than all of that. Yeah. And on top of that, ESPN and NFL Network aren't sitting here, Correct. living here, and covering the Jags day to day. So if you want Jags coverage, you're going to come to the local stations for it because that's where you're going to get it 24 hours a day. Different than how many people cover the Gators? You've got Orlando and Tampa and Gainesville and SEC Network and ESPN and CBS. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, you're, you're one of... There are way more people that cover the Gators than cover the Jaguars, and that does not mean that there's way more people interested in the Gators Correct. than the Jaguars. Don't get that mixed up. But just because of the way it works, there's way more people covering the actual Florida Gators, which makes access a lot less likely than uh, here in Jacksonville covering the Jaguars. So it, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I love talking about the business. I love and having we, this podcast yeah, where we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we would love good. going to Omaha, but it's not happening. Also, I will say this. There, also, is a, there is this element of it. Dan and Marcel are on vacation. That's what I was about to say. Also, the first thing you let off with was that half of our department is out of town for a week and a yeah, half. We, we get June and July in, in this market, every market's different. I mean, if we had to cover hockey, it probably would be different, right, if you're covering the Bruins or St. Louis right now. But – in our market, June and July are the slow, I put in quotations, time. That's when you that's really the only time to go get vacation. We'll we'll all take a couple of weeks around this around this time of year. May May has snuck into the <laughs> yeah, conversation May, as well, by because the, way. the players move. Yes. But it's all dictated by events. And so in this market, we are lighter staffed too. And we also know this viewing habits in the summer months. Especially in Florida die down a little bit you're at the beach it's and a lighter you're time going, going to bed at nine o'clock because you got a sunburn or you're hung over yeah. and you want to go back to sleep absolutely there's, there's a lot to do sure and p- other people are vacationing because they're not from here right right they're going back up north they're going to visit family so all those things come into play it's not a simple hey we don't like florida state as much as the gators <laughs> so we're not going to omaha it's got nothing to do with that we'd love to be in omaha which i always love when when people accuse you of being a gator lover and it's like how do you people not realize this? He's from a neutral. He yeah. does he doesn't, you know, support one over the other. And and it's a challenge for for me as a University of Florida grad to to keep that neutrality. But I I tend to think I do a pretty good job of it as best that I possibly can uh, in covering these teams. And it's it's frustrating sometimes when you put that effort into making sure that you're a neutral media member and and try to toe that line um, and and. People call you out on it. it's like you don't even know, you know, yeah, the you lazy know. way. It's the lazy way. It's the lazy like, way. Oh, you're Gator homeless. Yeah, right. Eh, I don't think so. And and sure, there there are some that that tend to to lean more <laughs> uh, more towards one versus the other. But uh, you know, I, I tried my best to 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 give everyone fair fair play. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's good conversation. I, I enjoy it. But uh, we're not going. To, by the way, if I if I really wanted to, I would have gone to the College World Series in Cary, North Carolina, for Ashland University. They were there last week. That's your so. School. If I wanted to homer up, I'd go there to the alma mater uh, instead. But anyway, a little behind the business uh, here on uh, the Action Sports Jacks Pile on po- podcast. A uh, little Florida State baseball. I hope they win it. It would be awesome if they won it. A little Jaguars mandatory minicamp that's coming up this week, and we'll probably have another podcast on the weekend to wrap up the entire spring of the Jaguars and take a look closer at what's to come uh, this fall. Just six weeks away now Mm -hmm. from the NFL season. 
uh, when everybody hits training camp. Well, we're we're getting ready. I mean, I'm starting to put together high school football schedules. I mean, it's about uh, that time. Got to peek it, ahead. It's time to start getting stuff ready and uh, and getting your ducks in a row. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening to the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast for Stuart Weber. I'm Brent Morton. Also, make sure you check us out on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30, and on the radio side on ESPN 696, Monday through Friday. You've been listening to Action Sports Jacks Pile On with Brent Martineau and Dan Hicken. Today's sports podcast has been brought to you locally by Jenkins Hyundai of Jacksonville. Welcome to the family.